Hey everybody, welcome to episode 31 of the Harmonics Podcast. Hooray! Yeah, um, this week we've got myself and Allie Thrasher as usual. Uh, Nick riding the knobs, is that something you say? No? no. It is that's, now. That's yeah. not can a we, that's, no. Can we make that a thing? <laughs> I don't think we should make that a thing. Well, the audio knobs. No? I, I don't think that's an expression All right. that should uh, become part of our Cruising record. the board. How about that? He's cruising the board. Equally terrible, but less offensive. All right. So. Well, we'll see what we can do. We'll come up with a better one. Um, uh, we've also got two experts from our audio department, Mr. Bill Whitney and Mr. Chris Wilson. Hi there. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Very well, thank All you. All right. So uh, we wanted to have you guys on this week because we have some pretty phenomenal DLC to announce, um, which we usually do at the end of the show, but for this week's purposes, we'll announce right at the top. Yep. Um, probably, if I had to name, like, top three favorite bands, this would be one of them. I don't know about you guys. Same. Um, so, I'll, well, let's just get to the announcements and then we'll talk about it. Um, so we are releasing, I don't even know how many, how many particular pieces of DLC this is. A lot. Just say a lot. Basically, we're, we're, we're releasing a gigantic pack of Queen DLC. Um, so what that means is there's a seven pack of mostly new songs that we haven't released before. So the seven pack is Hammer to Fall, Keep Yourself Alive, Now I'm Here, Play the Game, Tenement Funster, and the RB3 version of We Are the Champions and the RB3 version of We Will Rock You, which had previously been on Lego, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's where my confusion was. So that's awesome, but in addition to that... um, we're releasing a bunch of upgrades to previously released Queen songs, which are I Want It All, I Want to Break Free, Killer Queen, One Vision, Somebody to Love, and my personal favorite, Under Pressure. So what that means is we released these few songs a year or more ago, but now you can play keyboards, you can do harmonies, And we also are releasing pro guitar and bass upgrades for these particular tracks. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. People loved The Queen when it came out before. um, And I think of all the the previously released DLC we've done, they suit themselves best for these upgrades, I think. Um, Brian May, uh, an iconic guitar player. Uh, Freddie Mercury played a lot of piano in their bigger songs, or keyboards and some of their other ones. Um, bass, obviously, too. I forget their bass player's name. Do you remember? Yeah, you'd think I'd know that, but I totally don't know name. <laughs> so their bass, I, I want, because I'm a crazy, I'm a crazy Queen fan, and I should know it myself, but, um, they have this cool making of Night at the Opera, and they're talking about their bass player, who, like, he was always the quiet guy in the band, which, I don't know, maybe that's a There's bass a player <laughs> stereotype, but he wrote, like, <clears throat> he wrote some of their better songs, like, he's the one who wrote... You're my best friend, which I don't think we have. We don't, but nope. <clears throat> it's one of their better-known songs. Um, and he later just retired from rock and roll. He's like, oh, I've done the rock and roll thing. I'm good. I'm going to go live in the country, which I think is pretty crazy when you could keep going on and playing to thousands of people a night and getting multi-millions. But, um, yeah, so this is exciting. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm wicked excited. 
That's my excited voice. So the reason we want to have you guys on is because you guys authored these pro guitar and bass. Did you do any of the keys? No, heck no. 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 You guys didn't do any keys. <laughs> A world of no. <laughs> uh, tell us what that process is like. <laughs> well... Um, okay, so if you want to use a particular we, song, for example, you can. When we get a song and and we need to author the song, the first thing that has to happen is is we need to do a note for note transcription of the song. And what we're listening to when we do that is actually uh, not the full mix of the song, like what you would hear on the album, but rather we have the actual recording session, which is split out into separate separate tracks or separate parts that are called stems. So when I'm transcribing a bass part to a song, I'm only listening to the bass part. I'm not listening to the full song. I'm just listening to the bass, which makes life a lot easier. <laughs> um, so, uh, that definitely so, must make, did you do the guitar side of it? Yes. That definitely must make it easier stuff. for the Brian May stuff, because I know he's the thing he does a lot is like, he'll overlay dozens of guitars well, it's, on top of each other or something. It's such a, it's a puzzle because, we have one stem for both the core and the pro guitar. So what might work really well in the core guitar part doesn't necessarily work well in, in the pro guitar part because you are actually have to play these notes. And sometimes there's like, you know, like a typical Brian May five or six part guitar harmonization. Um, and all those parts are in the guitar stem, um, which is fine for the core guitar guys because they can, you know, to like a red, yellow gem, you know, chord, whatever, <laughs> and it's fine. Um, but uh, playing it on a real guitar, there's no way to get all six of those notes. So there's a lot of, especially with the Queen stuff, there's a lot of uh, kind of like picking out lines and like deciding like what's most prominent, like what's most important. Um, you know, we did a lot of, uh, uh, not only with the stuff, but with all the stuff that we, we do the pro authoring for, uh, we watch a lot of YouTube videos of live performances um, to just kind of get an idea of like, how, how is this song like really played? You know, like, so we make sure we have our positions correct, you know, in areas like this where there's like massively, you know, huge number of guitars going on at the same time. You know, what do the people who actually wrote it feel is the most important thing? Um, and we try and kind of tack to that cool. um, as we author. I think that's an important thing for people to realize. Cause I know a lot of, a lot of armchair musicians that uh, uh, like to write in will say, yeah. um, I don't really think you authored this correctly. It's the right notes, but it's not the proper position. It's, it's um, not even that. It's my favorite is when we get the write-ins who are like, these aren't the same tabs that I learned from like my friend Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say, look. And it, Send well, your I friend Johnny say, over here. Yeah, I do we'll say talk to him. we have professional musicians with lots and lots and lots of experience. Yeah, who work the, um, here, not working in a bubble, making crazy stuff up. In in defense of the internet population. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I want to see you make this argument. <laughs> which I, in defense of would, the internet, would ordinarily never say. I was um, just about to say, I'm so shocked that you were the one coming in defense right? of the internet, Bill. Um, uh, the there there is one occasion when when people writing in that sort of thing, they're, they're not entirely wrong. Um, see, we have two pro guitar controllers. Um, we have our Mustang guitar controller, which is the MIDI guitar with the buttons on it, uh, which has 17 frets worth of buttons. And we have our Fender Squire Stratocaster 
guitar, which is the, the real stringed electric guitar, which, like any other Strat, has 22 frets. And um, all Strats have 22 frets, right? I don't have 24. Oh, most Strats do, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I'm a bass player, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> so, in order for us to, to be able to handle the fact that we have these two different controllers that have different uh, musical ranges, we actually have to author the songs twice. Um, any song that goes above the 17th fret on the high E string for a guitar or the G string for a bass, um, we have to make a separate set of authoring. So um, we'll do one transcription, which is note for note. It's perfect. Everything is in the correct position. It's all the correct pitches. Everything is exactly as it was played. And if you have the, the Fender Squire Stratocaster controller, then that's the authoring that you will see in game, you know, that has 22 frets of, of range. Um, if, however, you have the Mustang button guitar controller, the game knows which controller you've got. And rather than showing you the complete 22 fret authoring, um, it shows you the 17 fret version. And what we have to do with the 17 fret version is um, we'll, we'll take any passage that goes above the 17th fret, we'll take it down an octave which sometimes means just dropping it down 12 frets. Sometimes it means revoicing it across different strings, which changes your fingerings, and sometimes that makes things really awkward to play, so maybe we'll do it that way, maybe we'll do it a different way. Um, yeah, basically there are a lot of considerations. You know, If yeah. someone's like, this isn't how I learned on the internet, you know, <laughs> there, there are a lot of other considerations involved. Mm -hmm. Right, and competent people are thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. people are yes. thinking about your game. Well, worth thinking about it. And doing yeah. your best <laughs> to make it a fun <laughs> and realistic experience. So, internet, from the community team, on behalf of the audio team, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, John Drake. I'm yeah, so sorry, happy I was like, you're every here. week you move the podcast to a new location. Like, it's some sort of scavenger hunt from inside yeah. of our office. We just like to get you running around in the morning. I need the yeah. blood flow. <laughs> Cardio. So, as, as real musicians... It must have been sort of cool to go from traditional core authoring to pro authoring, yeah? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> has, it, has it made your jobs a little more interesting day-to-day? -day? Challenging? Um, uh, some things are a lot easier. Some things are a whole lot harder. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there are a lot of cases in, you know, like the big kind of... Uh, puzzle when you're doing core authoring is like how do you get everything to fit in five buttons you know and we have all these different standards and you know ideas and philosophies uh in terms of of like motion and consistency and you know these kinds of things um which can often make authoring something on a core instrument very difficult to do you know trying to like juggle all these competing uh you know issues on the pro side, you don't have that. It's just like it is what it is, right? Um, but you then get a whole nother kind of area of, of you know, a whole nother can of worms, basically. Um, you know, you may have stuff in the uh, core stem um, that you can't physically play on a guitar, you know, or maybe uh, there's like fast position changes, you know, in the, in the stem, you know, you've got like low open E chords and then like high squealing 17 fret bends which is fine for a core guitar because you just go from like a green gem to an orange gem, you know, big deal. But on a regular guitar, you have to transverse like this, you know, a significant distance on the fretboard. Whereas the artist played it in two separate takes. Like it's, it's two right. different guitars yeah. in the recording, but we don't have the ability to, to separate those because it has to be the same 
the audio has to be the same for core guitar as it is for pro guitar. Right. So. Well, that's the other thing that we've talked about. I mean, I, we've talked about it in previous iterations and in, in going through the Rock Band Network, we've talked about the idea of having these sort of super guitar takes that aren't necessarily a singular take of one performance throughout. It's like the most interesting parts that are fun to play and that are good to play. And, you know, I think that when we have great guitar-driven songs, it's usually pretty simple to pick out what those parts are. But sometimes you're playing a song and we do pro-authoring for it and it's, you know, it's, it's like a, you'll have a rhythm track, then you have a solo, then you have a lead part, and those aren't one consistent performance in the studio. So we sort of mash it up into one giant track of played and background tracks, and you guys have to interpret the gameplay sort of accordingly. And yeah, and, and that was that was a big, uh, big issue with the, the Queen stuff mm-hmm. is because Brian May is such uh, an interesting lead player, yeah. um, and he you know he does a lot of it, and a lot of songs, you know, you go from like the rhythm to the lead to the rhythm to the lead. You know, even if it's just like okay, we're playing five power chords here, and then like high squeal thing, you know. You know, one note of that, and then back to like these power chords. Um, so a lot of the Queen stuff is a little all over the place, like that. Um, yeah. Some songs specifically, you know, more than others. Um, I you mean, know, they're no less fun to play. I mean, they're a lot more challenging. Right. Um, but yeah. well, but I think it's also they're really good full band songs because a lot of that stuff is the interplay between him and Freddie Mercury. It's you know, it's it's unlikely that you have like crazy guitar solo over like long vocal phrases. Very much like. There's a, there's a lot of back and forth between them with those yeah, squeals. Yeah, those songs are really well arranged. Yeah, exactly. And like yeah. the, they fill in the spots. I mean, the reason he's switching back and forth is because he's, you know, supporting the vocal, and then he'll come back in. And yeah, I mean, it's it's very much you know, take a song like like Killer Queen, mm. which is a very like, very like classical. Yeah. You know, in terms of like the arrangement and the chord progression, and the harmonies and stuff like that. Um, you know, where you have, you know, a whole bunch of you know a whole slew of guitars going on and a whole slew of vocal harmonies yeah. and they're all you know they're all basically parts of an orchestra you know you've got like you know you have your flutes and your oboes and your violins and your violas and and all these instruments are like filling in like these parts of like a much like almost like an orchestral arrangement yeah. so it, like it makes sense to have like all these like weird guitar things like you know oh here's a little descending run there and oh here's a little squeal there and then you know crazy vocal harmonies over there and then um you know, and it's it's so so interesting to listen to, and so interesting to kind of go in and dissect. Yeah, you know, like how they kind of like assembled these even, really um, intricate arrangements. Even the bass parts for many of these songs are doubled, which <laughs> is huh. kind of an, an unusual recording technique. It's it's really common to double guitars or layer a whole lot of guitars, but usually, you know, you don't often do that with bass. Um, but they did on a lot of these songs. So if you're playing pro bass on some of these Queen songs in the game, you'll find a lot of places where I I would either have to pick one if he was playing some like contrapuntal line, or um, if it was possible, I'd author both parts. You know, if I could. What's a contrapuntal oh, line? Yeah, that's a weirdly wise <laughs> word. Dropping yeah. some Learning. Um, uh, counterpoint is when you have um, essentially two melodies going on at the same time that may or may not be um, creating the same shape. So if you have like one ascending line with one descending line going on at the same time, that's counterpoint. Um, uh, it's the adjectival form of counterpoint. Oh, <laughs> now I get it. Contrapuntal. Yeah, so. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> so in, in some places where where it was reasonable to do so, I I would author both bass parts as as double stops. So you'd you'd be playing as chords, uh, which I know that's not how he did it in the studio. But since um, <laughs> wow, construction going construction. on, really next time the construction workers behind. Since uh, since in, in you know I found a lot of places where it was totally practical to play both parts at the same time, and I figured it would be more fun. 
So I stuck them both in there, even though I know that's not the way he did it in the studio. Um, but you're replicating a live performance version of that. Yeah, and, and if I was going to play that song in a cover band, I would play both parts because you, know, you can, right. and why not cover them? So um, we do that a lot, uh, authoring pro bass, especially when I get a song that's like a keyboard part mm. that is actually not physically possible to play on a bass. Right. Uh, what I'll do a lot of times is create an arrangement of the song with the the idea that like, okay, if I was in a cover band playing bass and I had to play this song, what would I do? Um, and then, you know, think about how I would handle that song in a, a live performance situation and then author that as my sort of bass arrangement of the song. Um, didn't really have to do that with the Queen stuff except for places where, you know, I replaced two separate tracks with, with double stops, right, right. but... Did you run into that issue with the doors? The door because they didn't have a bass player, did they? they... Uh, some some of that stuff had had real bass. Some of it, um, I, again, I don't remember the guy's name, but he used a um, Rayman's right? a Fender, yeah, a Fender bass Rhodes, yeah, um, which is a really really cool. I mean, it's like a, a Rhodes electric piano, but a, a bass version of it. Really really cool instrument. Um, but no, the the kind of lines that he was playing on that were conventional enough that it right. wasn't it wasn't unreasonable to do a note for note transcription. Well, and most people hearing it would probably. I mean, that's the thing about the Doors is like a lot of people just don't know that there's no bass player in that right. band, uh, yeah. which is, I mean, similar with the White Stripes. A lot of people just like don't know there's no. But and like and so I don't want to say layman because it makes it sound like we're like three of us in this room aren't musical experts at least. Uh, but you know, like I think most people just think it's like it's music and it, there's a bass. Like frequency there that yeah. sounds like a bass part, and if they're playing along without a bass, they usually don't notice. And that's one of the harder things about rock band. When we've talked previously about sort of the theory behind what you guys do, even for five button, is just like a lot of people just want the gameplay. We sort of have purists, and I think that internally we try to be purists as well. It's like we don't want a keyboard part on a guitar, we don't want you know fake bass on bass if we can. But then like we have to also consider that the majority of our audience just wants like a really fun gameplay experience, and yeah. mm -hmm. it, it's it's. It's important to balance those things out and just have like the most fun you can have performing a song. And Pro takes it to a new level, obviously. But yeah, I mean that's definitely a tough line to to walk. Mm. Um, you know, thankfully that's the mixer's problem, not ours. Yeah, for for the most part. Um, Pass the buck. I will yeah, exactly. and did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, trying to to keep that balance between, you know, what is realistic to play on on an instrument and what is fun to play on an instrument um, is oftentimes very tough to figure out and a lot of times we'll go back and forth to the mixers be like no i don't think this should be in there and they're like well i want it in there and then we fight we for a while to, yeah and then we have to go to somebody else above us and have them <laughs> settle it yeah yeah are you given so you're you're sort of given discretion initially to to author it the way you want and it's you, you more or it, like I think it's the other way around, isn't it? Don't you you get stems delivered to you that are from, like from the, the mixers, mix theoretically, yeah. and uh, you have yeah. to author those stems unless you have a point to bring up with them, sort of almost like oh, a bug. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like the, the guys on our on our mix team will yeah. go through, you know, say like go through the Queen stuff, and you know they get stems from the studio or the artists or, or whoever um, that has twenty guitar parts. You know, twenty guitar stems, or what? You know, whatever, yeah. and they have to sit Something down and go through and say, "Okay, you know, at, yeah, exactly." Yeah. They break out, you know, the hard stuff, <laughs> and you know, decide, okay, you know, this eight measures is going to be from this guitar stem, and this eight measures is going to be from this other guitar stem, and then this eight measures is going to be like a combination of like all the harmony guitars. You know, are, it's all going to go there. Um, you know, so they make those decisions as, as best they can. And then it goes to the, the authoring teams and we author it. Um, and if, you know, we have a concern like, you know, 
They don't really like that part there or, you know, watching him play it live. Um, you know, he actually plays this other part. Could we swap that part of the stem in there? Um, and, you know, they're usually very, you know, agreeable to There's that. There's to be a lot more back and forth with Pro then, right, than there was with Legacy where it was just more of a, like, artistic choice about what you authored and didn't author versus now where there's, what do they play live? But, you know, what's possible? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, it's, it, with, with core stuff, you know, the question was, like, is this fun? Mm-hmm. You know, and can we can we add can we throw this keyboard part in the guitar stem? Because it'll be a lot of fun. Or right. can we do this? Um, whereas with pro stuff, it's not always a question of is this fun. It's a question of is this possible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's if if we have to go back to one of the mixers to to request a mix change, that's the reason why we're going to be doing that. Is is there's something that's literally unplayable and and we need. We need a change in order to, yeah. Yeah, and it's actually very interesting now with the addition of keyboards, kind of like how uh, our philosophy has changed. Yeah. You know, like we're we're no longer so much concerned with you know making every part absolutely as interesting to play as possible. Right. You know, because now we're moving to a much more realistic experience. It's kind of like okay, well, you know, your guitar player, you know, instead of like putting the sax solo or whatever <laughs> in the guitar part. Right. You know, you have we'll to put it in the keyboard part. <laughs> no, exactly. We'll put it in the keyboard part because as a guitar player, you know, sometimes yeah. you go, you lay out, you know, yeah. or as a bass player, sometimes you lay out, you know, instead of what we used to do is like try and fill these gaps. Yeah, try and make sure everybody's playing play. all the time. But but now, you know, we yeah, I mean, we have the leeway to be a little more happens. Yeah, a little more realistic. Well, because part of the fun of gameplay is like the ability to get a 95% or 100%, and if it's just completely frantic all the time playing 30 different parts nonstop that are all over the place in pro, it's just never going to be an attainable mm-hmm. experience for people. So yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Bill, I'm curious about something. How, because we mentioned before wanting to talk about your guys' backgrounds, how, if at all, does um, your background as a music teacher affect the way you author pro, pro charts? Um, a lot. Uh, <laughs> good answer. Good yeah, answer. It affects it affects the way I look at this quite a lot. I, I uh, yeah, I taught high school band for um, five years between college and and this job. My my degrees in music education and and jazz performance and um, I yeah I I still teach a lot of lessons. I I do a lot of teaching and so when. Kind of some of the the sort of managers in the audio department came to me and and Chris when RB3 was like way back in the earliest stages of pre-production and said, hey, we're going to do this pro thing. Uh, We want you guys to kind of be the guys on this. And, um, you know, I I was really interested in this because I was like, wow, this is like a game that could actually teach people something. And and that's really interesting to me. So uh, throughout the whole process of, of developing the whole pro guitar, pro bass system, um, my sort of educational background, and Chris too, Chris has taught a lot of people how to play guitar, like, you know, both of us have sort of had that in mind, and when we created the trainers in RB3 that that teach you how to, essentially teach you how to play guitar, you know, we created a very specific difficulty ramp with very specific exercises, and we, we wrote all that music and recorded all that music um, to go along with those exercises that are really specifically geared to um, be a good educational progression from the very first easy trainer exercise to the very last expert trainer exercise. Um, that sort of mindset and philosophy continues with all of our authoring. Like for me, um, I know Chris's 
the way Chris handles different difficulties is a little bit different. Um, but for me, because it's bass, um, expert is of course note for note. And I, I try and make everything as accurate to the performance as possible. Um, with hard, uh, what I want to do is say, all right, if you are, you know, if you're a kid playing in a rock band in your garage, then what you learn playing hard, you should be able to play that with your band right. and no one's going to complain about you only playing half the song. It's like enough of the song that you're playing the song. Uh, with easy and medium, I try and create um, a very specific difficulty ramp where, um, you know, bass notes are lined up with kick drum hits. Um, bass notes are almost always on downbeats. I'm trying to instill in players um, a concept of of the bass's real role and to help players internalize tempo, um, to help players to understand the concept of how a bass locks in with a drummer, um, trying to really nail those um, those accents in the drum set and put the bass notes there where I can to try and, and really teach people the, the how a bass functions in the context of a band and how it functions along with a drummer. Um, it's an intuitive feel that people pick up from studying over time. It's not. It's not the practicing scales in your room style of, of learning. It's the yeah, how does it integrate exactly. in the context of the arrangement. Of the exactly. Style. It's like how how is this how is this supposed to feel and right. how is this supposed to to work together and and I just try and and author the parts in such a way that that will be kind of subconsciously conveyed to the right. player. Um, and and Chris, I know you you kind of do that a little bit differently because obviously the role of guitar is different, but. Um, I know you have a definitely educational point of view with that too. Yeah, I mean, we went through a lot of of back and forth when we were kind of developing the system and like the rules of the system. Like, you know, what as a guitar player, like, what do we anticipate like medium level level players are going to want to be able to play? Um, you know, clearly, you know, you can't you, know, you can't ask too much of them because it's it's frustrating. Um, as you know. always, medium is the biggest pain in the ass of all, mm-hmm. of all yeah. the four different yep. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so especially you know when it comes to like chords, you know, like what what do we expect medium players to be able to play in terms of like open chords or power chords or you know are bar chords too hard for medium? Mm-hmm. You know, we decided that, that they were. You know, and that you know on medium, probably kind of the happiest kind of uh, medium. Yeah, <laughs> is what I was going to say. I was trying to avoid it, but you stepped you, step, you step right in there. Um, you know, that we'd only, on medium, you know, you only have three open chords. You have uh, G major, C major, and D major. Yep. Um, largely because you can play hundreds and hundreds of songs with just those three chords. Um, pretty much the whole Rolling Stones catalog. Pretty much. <laughs> um, Take that, Keith Richards. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no need to be nasty. Especially with bands that we don't have very much in our game. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, this is oh, not this is not a confirmation band. or a rumor. It's just chatting. <laughs> no, it's confirmed. Podcast random random, yeah. random announcement. Songs, yeah, no, of course. Not. <laughs> Shut up, internet. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you get those three open chords, and you get two note power chords. Um, you know, some other inversions and things like that, but mostly two note chords, right? Um, yeah, I mean, two note codes, chords in general right. are okay. You know, dyads anywhere yeah. on the neck. Um, you know, so uh, we we kind of felt that was a good kind of area for, for a medium player um, to you know kind of live. 
Um, it allows us to, you know, still author a lot of songs in a, a relatively realistic way. Um, you know, so a medium player is, is, you know, going to feel like they're achieving something um, while at the same time not being totally overwhelmed. And, and ideally, the medium player could, could go pick up a real guitar and play exactly what they played in game. And it's not going to be the song, but it'll be recognizable. Right. Yeah. It'll mm-hmm. be, you know, you will get like that gratifying musical experience of being like, oh, wow, I can like totally almost play this song. I should go play the game more. Maybe you can I can sing play along with it and know like what the like what yeah, not you know what the chords are, but like you would sing along with it and not be like in the wrong key. It would sound enough like yeah. the song you kind of follow right. along. Yeah, I know yeah. it's it's all the right notes. It's just um, you know a lot of them are missing, but but ideally enough there that you could pick up a guitar and have that gratifying musical experience. Yeah, but, but that that jump is probably the biggest difficulty jump that we've ever had in like a modern harmonics game, like a game for the past six or seven years, like. The jump from easy to medium on pro guitar, especially pro bass, I don't think is actually nearly as terrifying. No, it's, the, it's, it's, the it's ramp harder, on pro bass is way less. Steep. It's pretty linear, but the uh, like the and it's not a criticism. It's just like it, it's just even, the way it is, right? And playing yeah. with people in in public, it's been very much. It's been very difficult to say to them, play easy. I know you want to play medium because you're like a gamer and you like assume you can play at least medium. <laughs> like you want to play expert yeah. right away. You're mildly you're offended that I'm being told to play medium. <laughs> well, and once in a while, we'll run across somebody who picks expert and like can play expert, like who's never played our game before. And we're like, there's someone who like knows the song backwards and forwards, and you're like, oh, I wish I had known that you're like a very experienced <laughs> guitarist and yeah. have practiced. Um, but the jump to medium is uh, it actually reminds me a lot of the jumps in some of the earlier songs we did for Dance Central, where. Before we were sort of figuring that system out, like we were figuring the pro guitar system out. Although I think the pro guitar system is where it should be. I think it landed where it should be. But in the early stages of Dance Central, there were also these big jumps where you would go from easy, which was pretty accessible, and then like in jumping to medium and introducing even two times the number mm-hmm. of moves, you present an experience that to some people, if they're not willing to sort of bear down and like invest in it a little bit more and not just play it for like a quick dismissible gameplay experience. It gets a little insurmountable, to them, like because it is a challenge. It's like playing mm-hmm. a boss battle without yeah. a leveled up character in an RPG. It's like, oh, I've been playing this game for ten minutes, and now I need to like grind for a long time, or else I'm not gonna be able to do this. And some people are like, well, I'm just looking for this for like the quick play party mode. And it's like, great. Well, then to be frank, like pro might not be for you. Yeah. Like, you might you not should be... stick to the five. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's totally cool. Like, there's yeah. no the, the game's a lot of people, a lot of things to a lot of different people. Anyway, I, I think what you did was pretty amazing. But even I sometimes will find songs on medium where I'll like go to the trainers and have to actually sort of practice them to figure them out because they're. They're hard. They're yeah, good. and I mean, you know, it 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 creates its own set of of challenges yeah. where you know there's just no way to tell what kind of songs are coming down the pike, right. you know, and they're all so different in terms of of how they were originally played and and the positions like that. So a lot of times, yeah, you know, to medium Claypool for pro bass was oh. was pretty entertaining, <laughs> and trying to come up with a way to represent what he was actually doing with the instrument, given the limitations of our system. Well, it wasn't possible, but I had to like make, you know, the sort of compromises that would, as accurately as I could possibly manage, represent what he was physically doing. Um, so, and we run into that sort of stuff, you know, and and some in Queen too. Like Brian May has a lot of tricks, yeah. and we don't have any way to represent some of those tricks. Um, so, yeah, totally. Um, and I get, I, well, I guess, to the point though. There's also medium also introduces a level of. Uh, Differential. It's differentiated in a way that I think that you don't see, and again, in five button because it's the same same layout. But uh, when when I play medium, for example, there are songs I can play medium right away because it's like I'm used to playing power chords. I'm used to playing single notes, mm-hmm. 
And then there are songs like the the Phoenix song on like Lasso on Rock Band mm-hmm. Three, where it's a lot of those sort of you know your index fingers below the highest the highest fret that you're actually playing. And I'm just not used to playing like like that's a kind of chord shape that I'm not used to. And like it took me like three or four days to really understand what was going on in that song on medium and hard, which is. And now that I've learned it, it's actually very, very straightforward. It's just not something that I was accustomed to playing. So even as someone who plays guitar casually, there could be random songs that throw up a challenge just because they're musically different. Yeah, I mean that you know that's one of the tough things about doing the pro-authoring is is you have these songs that are you know atypical to the instrument, um, you know, and and how do you kind of reduce that down, you know, even through hard, but you know, to medium, and have it be like a recognizable experience that is not only fulfilling to, to perform, but also lays in some way kind of the building blocks of advancing to the next right. level, which is, you know, another thing that we focus on a lot is like, you know, we don't want to just like spit out difficulty levels just so they're playable. Right. You know, we want them to be playable, but also kind of give you uh, some kind of, uh, you know, a leg up, you know, so you don't have to like learn a song and then learn it a whole different way. I mean, that's why we made a decision early on um, in kind of figuring out what our standards were was, you know, that we would um, all the positions that you would play in would be the same through every difficulty. You know, there was, there was a big, you know, a kind of a big argument about, okay, well, you know, some people thought that experts should be like a very strict transcription, but then as you go down, you know, in difficulty, maybe we should just like do big open chords, you know, instead, like a totally different like, like arrangement of the song. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I definitely, I disagreed with that. I mean, I saw the kind of the utility in that. Right. You know, it would be instantly more accessible. But my Far concern less was, sound. yeah, because my concern was that you would, you know, somebody who doesn't know very much about playing guitar is going to spend a lot of time learning these songs only to have to like, you know, on medium, only have to like throw away everything learned when they go to hard, right. you know, and that, that's like a lot of wasted effort. Well, asking people to reinvest three or four times over in learning a song when it's all in the same family of the song, but it's like you're in fact going yeah. to have to start from scratch again. Like that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty demoralizing educational technique to be like, oh, you yeah. learn all this stuff. It's, it's sort of like <laughs> calculus where it's like, oh, you spent a year learning all this stuff. Uh, here's a rule that does it in one step. So uh, thanks for taking <laughs> yeah. your time. Uh, that was a year of proving this. See yeah, go back to work and do this. Thing <laughs> over again. Yeah. Um, Similarly, was there ever any discussion to allow the player to do an open G chord when it calls for like a G power uh, or a bar chord? Um, and let either of them work. Was there any discussion like hand about shape, that? Hand yeah, shape. Like, yeah, like playing the same pitch in, in whatever position you right. want yeah. kind of thing. Um, there was discussion of that, yeah. but that's a thorny technical issue yeah. That, yeah, from, that we couldn't resolve or right. didn't have time to resolve. Um, well, I mean, the amount of variations you have to accommodate for each. Yeah, yeah. the way, mm-hmm. the way our system works, um, there's, there's not, there was no practical technical way to, to make that happen. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we, we discussed it briefly, but it became obvious really quickly that it wasn't even an option. So, well, And I thought, to, I mean, to your point just a second ago about building and, and sort of forcing people to start learning, even on Medium, what they're going to need on Expert, my favorite experience of that was walking someone through the trainers uh, and teaching them two-note <clears throat> sort of power chords and having them really wanting to play with their index finger and their pinky because they were, had like slightly smaller hands and the game was like, no, no play with your ring finger, like, you need to put your ring finger on that higher string. I'm like, but I can do this with my pinky. And I'm like, well, right, the game doesn't know. The game's not going to, like, penalize you if you play with your pinky, but 
in two more lessons when we're playing full bar chords, you're not going to want your pinky there. You're going to need your pinky to be somewhere else, and right. we're going to need to sort of like it's it's trying to introduce the building blocks of what you're going to need in 20 minutes, like a step ahead of time, so that we're basically yeah we we're not trying to actually instruct you. Like we're not sitting in the room with you giving you like proper you know hand position and proper. You know, like, oh, your fingers need to be arched a little bit more. Oh, we wanted to. We wanted to. Right? <laughs> yeah. I know, your education. We tried really hard. Yeah. <laughs> in future upgrades, Bill will just come to your house. Exactly. With a, with a switch. Whether you want it or not, yeah. yeah. I've got a ruler. It's too big as work. Well, that must have been a balance for you, too, just like the balance between education and entertainment. That's very, very true. Um, that was that was sort of a, a constant struggle between um, Chris and I and, and design uh, was sort of are is this an educational product is this purely a game well it's it's not either it, it lies somewhere in right. the middle and and chris and i had our agenda you know which was let's the teach people one. to do this right <laughs> if we're going to teach people to do something then we it's, we got to teach it the right way you know we got to and and the designers well it's their job to make a great game you know and and their their whole perspective is like let's make a great game and Chris and I are like, no, let's teach people something. Like, no, let's make a great game. And so I, I think that, that back we, and forth is productive, mm -hmm. though. Yeah, no, it, that, it was really productive. Like, I think that what we wound up with was something that is solidly, you know, in the middle of, of education and, and pure entertainment, where it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. a great game. And if you play it, you really will pick up a lot of stuff about about playing guitar. And, yeah. you know, we tried to sneak in some music theory here and there. And we tried to sneak in some hand position stuff here and there. And we... You know, there's there's a few little nuggets in there, you know, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that 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 back and forth between between what we wanted and what they wanted was good for the for the the game as a whole. Yeah, I feel like RB three is probably going to create a whole like legion of really good cover bands. <laughs> In the country, every we'll all high play, school we'll all play the bass band, just like yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I or know least, their set list. At least it's like that entry level. Like I was in a bunch of you know cover bands in junior high, and it's like at least the kids come into that first practice of like maybe we'll be in a cover band. Like let's try like our talent shows in in a month and a half. Let's try learning a song. Like they'll come to the table with some sort of collective base of knowledge, which is yeah. Yeah. interesting. Like yeah. it may mm -hmm. make them a lot better when it's like it doesn't take ten practices to learn Willie. You know Willie Bully. Willie Bully. Uh, I wish we had Willie Bully. <laughs> oh God. <that> <laughs> I was also thinking of uh, Louie Louie, but I said Willy Bully. Oh, either way. Either way. Yeah. Either, either is awesome. Face business. Amazing. Uh, Willy Bully. Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. I, did you just have a stroke? Or is that nope, that's, that's the name of the band. Sometimes I do just yell words out loud. And <laughs> right. I, worry, I worry about you. I might have been having a stroke at okay. the same time. Do you smell toast? No, I don't Let's smell it. <laughs> um, one thing I didn't mention because it's not written down here, but I think all of these, even the newly released seven or five queen songs are pro guitar authored right not just select yeah we yes we everything that got is being released is all the queen stuff pretty pretty up. cool and people should be if they had the original dlc version should be able to just buy the pro upgrade right yeah if you're not a keyboard player and you're not a harmony singer and you just like rs especially if you're like a solo player who wants to like have the pro guitar experience you don't need to buy a whole new track you just need to buy the pro guitar and bass upgrades if you are like a collective rock band player and you want to add keyboards and harmonies to those existing DLC tracks, you do need to buy the Rock Band 3 version and then buy the Pro Guitar and Bass upgrades to have the full seven-player pro experience. Right. Boom, explained. <laughs> Yay. Done and done. <laughs> um, That's three times, by the way. Actually, one thing I wanted to talk to both of you about is how you got to harmonics. Did you take the pike? 
Because <laughs> uh, a lot I of our listeners headline. like to know how we got here and everyone. <laughs> take the oh. headline. Wow. I'm Did sorry. Stabbed? <laughs> no. no. Sorry to Dorchester. I love you. Um, I love Dorchester. Everyone seems to have come from like a different path to get to harmonics, and I was just wondering how each of you found your way here. Uh, well, um, you know, I went to uh, UMass Lowell for music, um, graduated uh, from there with uh, degrees in sound recording technology and music business, um, freelance for a while, some area studios, um, got a gig at uh, Boston University um, at their school of music. Um, they have a recording studio there. Um, did that for a while. It was, you know, it was a kind of a perfectly fine first job. Um, you know, first real job had benefits and you know, everything like that, but it was only like a nine month a year gig. So like every summer I was like frantically trying to find work. Um, and I had been, uh, messing around with, you know, stuff, writing some, some music, uh, and a buddy of mine from college listened to some of it. He was like, you know, that'd be great video game music, you know? And I was like, you're so right. This would be great. <laughs> so I'm also so handsome and modest. <laughs> no, no, it's not. That was, that was basically exactly how the conversation went. Um, so, you know, I started kind of looking around and, and trying to, you know, look at, at studios in the area and, and see if anybody had a, a position. Um, and I actually ended up uh, getting in touch with uh, Tim Dwyer, um, former uh, QA, QA guy here. Yeah, former mm-hmm. community Former member. community yeah. guy, yeah. Because yeah. um, funny story, he plays in a gamelan ensemble with my wife. Um, for any of you guys who out there who don't know, gamelan is it's like an a Indonesian uh, uh, percussion ensemble, basically. Um, and they have one in residence at Tufts that my uh, wife plays in, uh, and Tim played in it as well. It's a weirdly important though very niche style of music to harmonics. Like a lot of very mm-hmm. important yeah, harmonics. Yeah, it's kind of weird. A lot of gamelon players here. Which is not good or bad, it's just weird. Like it's yeah. just bizarre that there's like probably 15 or 20 people here who have like... Starting right at the top, or, right? Starting with Regopolis, rig, yeah. Yep. The Regopolis. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, at, at the time my wife didn't even know that, that Tim worked here um, until there was like some random offhand comment at a rehearsal and she was like, Oh my god! I had no idea you worked at harmonics. You know, my husband's looking for a job in the video game industry. Um, you know, would you talk to him? So Tim and I hooked up, and he helped me get my resume around, and I got hired. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, like I said, I, I went to school. I went to James Madison University for um, for music education and uh, and jazz. I was actually a tuba major. Ooh. Um, so. I have been isn't that bad several points in my mm-hmm. life a professional tuba player. Yes. I'm not kidding. What are your thoughts on the sousaphone? Uh, necessary uh. evil. <laughs> Sometimes there's just no way around using one of those damn things, but I'd really rather not. Um, wow. Best response I could have hoped for. <laughs> uh, and they're always in B flat, and I hate B flat tubas. But anyway, um, so yeah, I went to I went to college for for music ed and um got out of school thinking i was just gonna um really focus on my playing play bass and uh get kind of whatever job except i really suck at having a job that i hate so i just can't make myself get up and go there and employers have a feel of some kind of way about that (laughs) um so i 
I just I would get called for uh, for teaching gigs a lot because you know people knew that I was I was like people in the music community knew I was back in town and that I had gone to school for music ed and so I wound up teaching for um, a couple of years middle school and a couple of years high school um, and then I, I love teaching um, but the the school where I was working was. I was just button heads with a lot of people and it was, it was kind of feeling like maybe it was time for me to, to find something else to do. And I was thinking maybe another teaching job, but I just saw a posting for this, this gig with harmonics and applied for it. Um, and there was some auditioning that had to get done and it just kind of worked out. And here I am. That was going to be my question. What is for specifically for audio? What is the process of interviewing? There is an audition. <laughs> yeah, basically, that, yeah. You send them, um, I, I sent, you know, my, my performance resume and my education resume, and I sent uh, a CD that had a whole bunch of recordings of things that I've played on. Um, then several months later, I got called for an interview. So I came in, talked to a couple of the guys, and basically, I think the point of that interview was to see if I was cool or not, if they felt like <laughs> having me around. Mm -hmm. It had very little to do with, like, my, my skills, but we just kind of sat and chatted for half an hour. And then a couple months later, I heard back and uh, they sent me uh, a cover version of, I think, Walk This Way that I had to do a transcription of. And um, they wanted me to transcribe, you know, vocals, guitar, bass, drums, and then author a MIDI file. And they sent me the sort of a, the short, short version of the MIDI spec that we use for, um, for our core authoring. So I had to essentially just author uh, the expert parts to every track of the song and tempo track it and, and all that stuff. And, um, sent that back and I guess they liked what I did and yeah, here I am. Cool. Similar for you. Exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like did it, that, did it also take you like yeah. six or seven months from the time you applied? Uh, no, it took me considerably less than that. Yeah. It took yeah. a really long time. Yeah. Mine time. took a good six months too i didn't go through audio but i was just to get in <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> i well i had the thing where sean baptiste called me up and was like uh can, can you quit your job and work here now we were desperate <laughs> we really wanted to wow. yeah. <laughs> and it was crazy because te technically pope and i got hired on community at the same time but it was like i was on the team for like five months before pope <laughs> was able yeah. to start yeah because i transitioned in from qa <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> A long and arduous process. We couldn't get you a desk for six months. Yep, mm -hmm. that's true. Resource. <laughs> everything at Flair Rich Resource Core, yeah. Everything at Harmonics is sort of goes at its own pace. It's that yeah. I think it's the musician uh, atmosphere. <laughs> that could be. We focus on what's important, and that's the games and the music mm -hmm. and the drink fridge and the, and the, and the free soda. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that doesn't get refilled nearly regularly enough. No, come on. The GNA guys do a good job. They hustle and they listen to this podcast. They don't listen to this. Do they not? No. All right, Kurt. That's what you get, Kurt. Totally. Do you guys have any favorite tracks from this particular pack that you both authored? What would you recommend to a fan who's on the fence about Queen because they are deaf or stupid? Or living on a rock. Internet people. 
Well, if you like to play bass, do not purchase We Will Rock You. <laughs> a, little on the, a little on the sparse side. There is actually no bass in that song. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. if you're a bass player, avoid that. But just buy it uh, for solidarity. Bill Whitney, not but a it's, salesman. It's a lot of fun for both of us. <laughs> hey, Bill, when we said, what's your favorite track you should buy, we weren't looking for a recommendation of what people shouldn't buy. Well, I'm just saying. big joke. Upsell, upsell. No, it's, it's fun for vocals, and the guitar solo is, is absolutely epic. But uh, if you're going to play bass, you know. Full good disclosure there. and all that. Good, good save, Bill. I try hard. If you do want to play bass, what would be a good one? I mean, Under Pressure Dude, has the iconic bass line that um, Vanilla Ice famously ripped no, up. No, no, it's totally different because his went dun 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 yeah, dun 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 I think, starting to think I about think, it. Yeah, we, All right, you think uh, it okay. I would go guitar wise, um, songs like Hammer to Fall. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I'm here. Um, those both those songs have like really really fun uh, guitar parts. Uh, the chords are are uh, look challenging, but they're not very difficult to play once you get your fingers on them, and it, they're very they're very rewarding. They're, like they're great like arena rock. Yeah, Hammer Songs. to Falls, that riff mm-hmm. is so good. And those yeah, are like, two of, like, the, not lesser known, but, like, the less of the pop hits of the Queen Pack. Like, those are two yeah. really great songs. That yeah. you can also, if you don't know them, go find yeah. them online, listen to them, and then buy them rock. One of my personal favorites is Keep Yourself Alive. Yeah. I'm really excited to see how that plays out because I think, I feel like all the parts on that one are really good. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good one. Sheet also. Yes, that's not how you keep spell. yourself alive. That's not how you spell yourself, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Uh, back to you, Bill. Um... I like uh, I like We Are the Champions. Actually, it has a lot of really cool upper register stuff. Which, if you have the 17 fret Mustang controller, you won't get to play in the right position. Um, but the notes are right. So when you pick up your real bass, I'm just telling you, when you pick up your real <laughs> bass, move it up 12 frets, and you'll be golden. There you go. Um, I'm just gonna overdub all your recommendations. Later. All right, you know I'm done. Buy them all. I'm done. You should buy all the tracks. The bass parts are the best part. <laughs> You're doing extra luxury, luxury. Turns out I'm not a huge queen. Oh, oh man! Oh. <laughs> well, you know, podcast canceled. It's uh, it's fine though. We'll just turn you into a 1920s paperboy instead. That's my response to everything. I don't even know what that means. You want a paper, sir? You want a paper? Have you seen the news? What? What's? You, so you said you're like a jazz guy, right? So is that more your um, style of music, or? Uh, well, not really. That's what kind of what I went to. One of the things I went to school for. I, I'm totally into it. Um, yeah. But uh, mostly. Well, mostly I'll play anything that you pay me for. Um, like but a I, real I'm, musician. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's what it really means to be a musician. All right. Folks, is I will, I will play anything you pay me for. The kids are learning so much. Me. Literally <laughs> bumming me out so hard in the last five minutes. Reality check for um, a podcast listeners. Hey, what do you want uh, to do? Play eighth notes at 80 beats per minute for an hour and a half? Done. 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 <laughs> pay me. Uh, mostly I'm, I'm like a, a rock and funk kind of guy. Cool. Um, in terms of the stuff I like to play. Do you want to plug your Rock Band Network track? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think you should be allowed to. I don't think anybody asked you. Since he did such a good job selling the other DLC. If if he gives a shot at selling his own DLC, I'm sure he'll say it's terrible. So here's what I want you to go. Go to the Rock Band store, highlight Queen, and then back out of that, go to the Rock Band Network and go to my song. Exactly. That's that's exactly what you should do. No, there's a a song called Fade Away by a band called Of Last Resort. Um, and that's, uh, 
Huh? You're in that band? I'm in that band. I did not know that. Yeah. Surprise. Um, <laughs> extra, extra. And it's uh, <laughs> we've only cool? we've only got one song up there right now. It's this song, Fade Away. And uh, it's got the most ripping guitar part you have heard in a long time. If you're somebody that really likes super, super challenging core guitar stuff, then you're going to absolutely love this song. Cool. So it's called Fade Away. It's by Of Last Resort. The guitar part rocks. Um, drum part's a lot of fun, too. <laughs> the bass part is so-so. Um... <laughs> Well, no, the, 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 first, the first thing out of the gate, the bass part is like ripping. Right. Um, after that, it becomes reasonable. But uh, the, the first, the first lick is pretty... <laughs> for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't remember. I think, it, I think it's $2. Okay. I don't remember what I put 160 it Microsoft points. Uh, or not. Go demo it for free inside of Rock Band Network because you can do that. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, if you like it, which you will because you're not stupid, then you'll buy uh, Fade Away by Last Resort. Mm -hmm. Assuming you didn't already spend all your money on the Queen Pack, right? Right. Yeah. Of course. Songs. Do you have anything to plug? <laughs> nope. No, nothing. Fantastic. <laughs> Nick, Nick, do you have anything to plug? Nick, I don't care. <laughs> all right. Good. I think that'll uh, wrap it up. Did you have anything? Any more news? From... I don't. I the the robot is broken this week. The news robot is broken. The news bot is broken. Um, <laughs> do you have any news? Uh, there's a lot of insane DLC coming really soon, yes. and we'll be announcing that probably actually in the next podcast after this one, mm -hmm. or maybe the newsletter yeah. in between. But the uh, the rest of the year is, st and like into sort of like February at least, which is what we you know I have confirmed right now is like insane, like both mm -hmm. on pro and on just fun huge name artists that yeah. you may or may not have heard are coming. You know, we just put out. John Lennon. It's like last they week. pulled the community team and asked for our favorite bands and then got That's them. exactly what I feel like. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, I like these bands a lot. I don't feel like I was pulled <laughs> at any point. Were you um, pulled? Did they ask you a question? No one asked me anything. Pope and I have started making all of our DLC yeah, decisions. Yeah, yeah. Sort of how we changed our website to be PopeAnally.com. PopeAnally.com, <laughs> the rock band experience. <laughs> yep. Um, no, but so we'll have a lot of great DLC coming up and we have. Uh, stuff on shelves now going into Christmas, so uh, all the Mad Cats guys have been saying that they're, you know, those shipments that were delayed by things like the typhoon that was in China yeah. <laughs> that stopped our boats from moving. Uh, that stuff's going to be on shelves now, so if you uh, haven't gotten a chance to pick up a Mustang or a keyboard yet, um, go, 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 call your local retailer and go get them or mm -hmm. order them online because they are super fun and make a great holiday gift. What a and scoop! The, what a the scoop. Squires. Do we have a date for the Squires? Squires are coming out in March. Yeah, if you check out Fender's website, they've yeah. got lots of really cool stuff about the, the Squires up there. Those things are really cool. They're yes. going to be nuts. There's going to be a lot to talk about about the Squire. We'll be doing crazy topic talking later. But for, yeah. now, for now, just go buy some DLC and keep playing Rock Band 3 and post your scores and shows that you are the best pro guitarist yes. out there. Or pro bass player. Or, or pro keyboardist. Or pro keyboardist. <laughs> Yep. Maybe we'll get a keyboard guy in the next one. Nah, they don't, didn't get represented. Yeah, here. Keyboard guys bother. always, you know, they're sort of <laughs> they're the background. Just kidding. All right, cool. Sorry, Thanks Pete. for listening, everybody. Uh, Thanks, guys. Join us next time, two weeks from now. Yep. Bye. 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 I've tried to tell.